In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. Knowing one's own Van Helsink with me all the way from East Bridgewater is the grammar Nazi herself, the blonde <laughs> bombshell, and Kerrigan. Well, good evening. How are you? Hey, what's up? Yeah, you know, somebody has to look after your English language skills. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So Press two to speak Ronism. That's what I always say. <laughs> Ronism. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Uh-huh. So uh, can you believe it? Only eight more days to uh, Spirit Quest. I'm really excited. Oh, my God. I know. I am. I'm, I'm wicked excited. Yeah. Uh, There's that New England thing. It just crept out. <laughs> it's got amazing. Um I'm really, I, I just can't wait. I mean, it's, you know, the, the Brits are coming over. Cal Cooper, who is my co-host from uh, Ghost Chronicles International, but, uh, you know, I've never met him uh, face-to-face. And, of course, uh, Ross uh, Bartlett, who's the, teens, the U.K.'s top teen psychic, will be there as well. Boy. Mm-hmm. He's got more tattoos and everything. And, uh, <laughs> speaking yeah, about we tattoos, have to see the tats. Uh, yeah, K- Karen and I want... Uh, uh, and our tattoos, can you do that for us? Oh, but of course. Of oh, course I can. Oh, oh cool, cool, cool. And didn't you, what did you want? You wanted a skull? Well, we're not, I don't want to really get into it right now. But Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, you're right. listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojinex, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, what, what's happening with you? I know, how's your uh, husband uh, doing so far? Oh, he's doing pretty good. He's yeah. uh, mending nicely. Yeah. Had a good day today, and uh, you know, up and around. He's got his his back brace on and everything. But uh, mm-hmm. other pink? than that, huh? Is it pink? Uh, no, but I'm thinking of of painting a big uh, the Jack Daniels logo on the back of it. There you go. <laughs> He's not drinking now. Wait a minute. Oh no, he it. isn't. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. No, Better not. Your doctor the, uh, might be listening. Yeah. No. 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 Not going with the pain pills. <laughs> Look at Kevin, it's locked up. Just forget about it. <laughs> but uh, anyway. yeah, he's doing good. Thanks. He's he's uh, he's on the mend. There you go. There on you the go. Mend. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, 
Uh, Carl Johnson, who was supposed to be on the first part of the show, is stuck in uh, these storm systems that are moving through, so I pushed him up the second half. But you know what? I've got this guy in the show now, and I've been seeing him in the news feed all over uh, Facebook. Uh, Mm -hmm. His name is uh, Rick Coherd, and uh, he is the founder and director of Del... Oh, boy, I'm going to screw this up. Del... Rick, help me out here. Uh, it's Delmarva Historic Haunts, Inc. Uh-huh. There you go. Hi, Rick. <laughs> Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's it's good you jumped in there to save Ron because he well, would massacre the name. You know, I know I understand the storms because I, I live in the land of Dell, or the kingdom of Dell, and the storms mm-hmm. are starting to roll the roll in here. So, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I For those who them. don't know what that is, that's Delaware, correct? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and, the kingdom of Dell. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, you know it's really amazing because uh, Ann and I are in Massachusetts. Uh, the yes, studio is the studio is in Texas, and uh, you're in Delaware. So there you go. Well, worldwide, you go. worldwide, <laughs> nationwide. There so, you go. So right what's that ZZ, T, ZZ Top song? <laughs> yeah. What? We're live. We're nationwide. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. That's it. You've been drinking again. Mm. Oh yeah, you have to you have to drink for two now. That's right. I that's right. That's right. I have to double up on my wine. Yeah. So I have a big glass. We're doing well. <laughs> so so Rick, you know, like I said, I've been seeing your your feed. You're one of my friends on Facebook, and I see your feed all the time. And you guys, it seem like you're doing a lot a lot of lot of work for uh, you know historic preservation and stuff. And and that's you know that's that's my cup of tea. I love that. And everything I do is it's got that same connection to it. So uh, I'm really pleased that you uh, decided to uh, come on the show with us and tell us yeah, a little bit yeah, more. I about usually don't. I usually don't do 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 these things, but I did listen to one of your shows, and I know you're into the history of things. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. You, you, you listened to one of my shows, and you actually... Yeah, once I, I did once. I did That's once. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm impressed. It must have, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I wasn't there. Maybe that's what I was. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is Ron's night off. No. <laughs> so, so, Rick, you know, tell me a little bit about you and, and what you do. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm fascinated about this ferry project, too, which is kind of... Oh, cool. yes. We, actually, I'm still kind of recovering from, from it. It was a three Red Bull day. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we had a fly feed from WBBOC. It's a local station that's around Del Delmar Delmarva, and they did the morning news show, which I had to be there at four fifteen to tape at five live from yeah. five to five to seven. So yeah, and then I was there all day until one o'clock last last night. So it was a long day. Oh but, my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's beyond a long day. Yes, but you know, in the process, we did raise, uh, you know, fifteen hundred dollars in one one night for the Cape May Lewis Ferry, and the ferry itself, uh, they make money. Don't don't get me wrong, because they take cars across uh, mm-hmm. the Delaware Bay all the time. But I've been uh, on that ferry. Yes, it's a be- beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, uh, we consider it a historic it site. Ferries. Yeah, <laughs> we we yeah okay. <laughs> Uh, we we uh, we think it's uh, we we think of it as an historic site, and it is mm-hmm. the land mm-hmm. itself. So it was the Indian burial ground. The Dutch. It was the first town in the first state. Um, the harbor was the first one. Uh, the houses date from sixteen something, which mm-hmm. is very strange, you know, for this young. Right. 
a young country of ours. So uh, mm-hmm. it is a very, a very cool place to be. And the sailors washed ashore there, and the whole complex is on top of uh, 800 graves, and they built everything on top of them. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's kind of a blessing in a way because um, all these pe- people were uh, washed up on the shore. You see, the river, Delaware River, it goes in and high tides come down there. And then the Delaware Bay tides come in there. And then the ocean is only half mile away from the ferry, so the tides from the, the, the ocean come in there. So all the bodies that die in each of these things oh. that I just said wash up on that beach. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so that's why they built, well, they didn't really actually build a graveyard. They actually buried these people in the sand. Oh, wow. 150 years ago. And wow. it was, it's an awesome place. I mean, the thing of it is that all the tides come in at the same time there. And, uh, yeah, as you know, you know, electromagnetic fields are off the hook when the tide comes in. And you have them all coming into one place. Wow. So it, it's a unique thing. Uh, it's a blessing that they put the tarp, you know, the tar, tar tarmac for the cars and the mm-hmm. ferry uh, complex itself on on that prop that property there because every time a storm would come in, the bones would, would wash up. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. So so when they built this, they actually knew that they were yeah graves they did. underneath it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was uh, they didn't know it was an Indian uh, burial ground until they they started di- digging, and then they found the pottery and all that that suggested that it was. Um, and, and they got permits to do that in Massachusetts. Yeah. You'd be shut down in like two seconds. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But it, it was a ble- ble- a blessing though, because now they don't wash up in it anymore. That's during true. The turn, during the turn of the the, cent- the century, there they. Um, it was an off-limits kind of thing. You wouldn't let your kids play in the surf there. No. No. It wouldn't be good. Horrible. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that... They built that, so that's it's kind of good that they did. And they put a nice plaque out back, and they're they're very aware. But a lot of people get on that ferry and don't know the story behind all all that. Right. Well, I had no idea. No, the Dutch were were massacred there in sixteen forty something. They came in uh, to get uh, furs and trees because that's what they were into, and they would make profit from it and ship it to to their country. And uh, so it was it was a very profit-making deal. But the Indians came there, and they massacred them all in one night. And they actually mm-hmm. they had a dog, and they killed the dog last. Aww. So, yeah. Why? And it, uh, why? Because uh, they, they had a seal that was the um, town of Horn. And uh, they came from the town of Horn over overseas there. And, okay. um, and uh, their... The emblem was the unicorn, oh. and the unicorn is very cool in Indian things. Right. And so they really liked the sign. It was made out of tin. They never seen tin before because it was pliable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, brave young brave, one of the ones there was you know that everybody knew, uh, decided he was, he stole the sign. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he stole the sign, and uh, you know I don't know what Indians thought back then, but apparently. It's a magical thing, a unicorn, and so he made pipes out of it, so they could smoke out of this, out of the pipes. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, people in charge of the fort uh, didn't like them taking the sign, so they said they were going to pu- punish the, the brave that took it, and they hung him. Oh. 
and that was Uh-oh. that was a, not a thing to do with them. So they mm-hmm. came in the next night and killed them all. Well, yeah. So. Okay, <laughs> that's what you get. Huh? That's what you get for oh taking. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's true. That's all true. That's all you know histor- historical fact. So I mean the the history of that whole. State, uh, what I call King Kingdom of Dell, is you know it's the first town, the first state. Lewis is, and New and Newcastle too, which which we do hunts there too, uh, for the public. Um, you know we we don't make any money off of what we do. Mm-hmm. Karma is a a bitch. I guess I don't know if I could say that on the radio. Yeah, just ask the Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can say that, but it is. And, and uh, I, we don't make any money off that. We make money off of shirts and stuff, and I'm getting uh, more money for that, which is okay. Um, but we're in ink, but we, we, I try not to make you know that much. I try to put it back back in. And right. we're, we, we care about – we are a history first. Uh, right. Everybody has their own niche, and you know it, uh, the paranormal uh, world with the teams that are out there. Uh, I wish them well and, and, and carve their own their own way. It's a big sandbox. Everybody can play. Yeah, I agree. I that's agree. true. That's a good. That's so. Good I mean, how did you get involved with it, Rick? I mean, what 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 made you start doing it, and then. And why did you go in a particular direction that you did okay. go in? Yeah, well, I, I, I left the group and, uh, that I was with. Uh, I was with them for a year, year and a half. Before that, I did investigations at Fort Delaware um, for a couple of years. And um, and I was taking them on uh, walks and all that stuff. We were taking pictures and things like that. But I've been, you know, I had my first paranormal experience when I was a kid, like most people that are a member of the club, you know. When you have a paranormal experience, you're a member of the club, and uh, they pick you. You don't pick them. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just one of those things. And, uh, you know, with my history, uh, background is very unique. I worked at the White House for 10 years. Oh, Oh, bless you. What'd you do? So I worked at the the resident residence itself, which was 95 people at the time. I was a floral designer there. I did all the flowers. Oh, cool. Yeah. And (laughs) I was good uh, if you worked at the White House. Yeah, I was 19 years old, and I was there till I was about uh, 30 30 or so, about about 10 years, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, so I I had a paranormal experience there, and... um, I listened to all the ghost stories the maids used to say, and um, that gave me. Uh, when you live in history, well, I was there when Watergate went down. Um, I, I packed his bags. Um, you know, oh, all this stuff. You know, I've seen, and all these famous people I've seen, and it, wow. it kind of put me in the historical mode. And my grand, my grandfather and my uh, my dad took me to all the historical sites, so That's I awesome. was kind of immersed in it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so. Do so you have a I website? Decide, uh, have yeah, a we have a web page. You know, we haven't gone to site. I've been lacking on, on that um, uh, <laughs> just because I'm, I'm wait, waiting for a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm waiting for a friend with that one. Um, okay. But we will, we, we've only been together for a little over a year, and we've had, uh, we've had uh, about 17 invest, investigations. Okay. Um, uh, oh, wow. We've had twelve in the past year. I mean, th- this year alone, up up on film, and so yeah, we're, we're on we're on we're on the tube uh, DHH twenty eleven, and we do historical sites. And to be honest with you, some of these sites I don't know what I'm you know what I'm going to get because it's the first time in, 
And um, it's remarkable some of the things that I do get, and I'm, I'm happy about that. But I think, I think it's, it's a karma thing, and I also think that um, it's the people that you pick on your team. It's right. very important to pick caring people like policemen, uh, teachers. I have four or five on that team with that. Yeah. Um, people that give back because, you know, um, if you're well, living on my, that, on my team, in my team, Richard, you have to be blonde. So, I mean, I have my, <laughs> I have, I have my okay. standards too, you know. Oh, Ron, I, ha- I have some blondes too, though. That's Ron's okay. going to think about blonde. Leslie's not blonde. Well, she will be. <laughs> she will be. <laughs> <laughs> Her days are numbered, eh? <laughs> I mean, uh, one of the th- cool things I saw, you, you made yourself a little uh, command center trailer, I believe, too, right? Yes, we, we have a lab that that we pulled that I kind of re, re, revamped, and we put the, D, the, the DVR in there. And it really is, comes in handy for, like, uh, sites like New like Newcastle, where uh, we have three sites. And one, we use the lab as a, as a spot. What we do is we do uh, public hunts. And uh, they go from hot spots to hot spots. Um, in this case, with the with the ferry, it was on the ferry grounds where we got things in March. Um, and we played the films, and they ate, and it was okay. For the Newcastle gig, what we did is I'm trying, what we're trying to do, what we are trying to do is give people a little taste of what it's to be like a paranormal investigator. In other words, break them up into small groups, get them in, in there, and we take them to all the hot spots, and they're there for 45 minutes each or so, and we move from spot to spot. And it, it's a pretty unique thing where, you know, when I wasn't in a team, I said, boy, that would be nice to do do that, but I don't have the time. And a lot of people don't, but they do have the time to pay $35 Right. on our team for one night. Right, right. You know, and that's and that's what that's I wanted cheap, to do. By the way. And all in all the his in all the historical sites like the in the the Newcastle we made we've made two two grand two grand for them in the past couple of weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh and uh at uh in, in Lewis um we did we made ten grand last October with the things there. We're going wow. back there. Just Excellent. in one in one month, so wow, yeah. yeah we, I'm, I'm really big into that too, Rick. I mean, you know, on the like the Wood Island one, uh, we did a fundraiser for them that raised over five grand, and then oh, awesome. Yeah. Of course, in the, in the uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse, I'm on the board of directors, so we do these haunted tours, and each one brings in about a thousand bucks. We, you know, like schedule four of them uh, uh, during the summertime. So, I mean, that's that's it's all good stuff. And even even the places that we do other events, and we always make sure that a portion of the money goes back to those locations. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's very important because these people are our past, and you know whether we use the word ghosts or whatever the term we use, they do talk back to us, you know, and, and they talk back to us the way they want to, with the least resistance as possible. The reason why I'm saying that, we just did the light ship overfalls. It's up now. Oh, yeah, that was another I, cool one I was going to ask you about, too. All right, good, good. Yeah, great. well, the overfalls is is kind of a unique thing. Uh, the reason why I went in there, people said they saw things and heard things, so that didn't mean anything. You know, any old, oh, yeah. any boat, they'll, they'll say that. But we went in there not knowing what we were going to get, and we went in there and um, uh, I actually have, when I film, I have a uh, really good recorder that I, I strapped to my arm, and then, of course, I have the cam mic. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, the cam mic is not as good. So I'm, like, right. 
filming, and uh, it, uh, the ladies were talking about how hot it was in, in, in the boat. And it was. It was very hot in there. It was a hot day, and it, that boat baked in the sun, and then it got cool out, cooler outside, but the boat was still hot inside. Mm-hmm. And so we were in, were in there, and we were sweating. And uh, the ladies were saying, well, they had a shower there. Could I get in the shower or something like, like that? And this mm-hmm. voice came over the cam mic saying, sorry. It's very, it's very loud, and it's on the cam mic. It's not on my normal recorder that's on my, my arm. Right. Right. And the one on my arm is a really good recorder. It didn't say nothing. I had nothing on that. That means so, that so means no EVP. one on my team, no one on my team said that because it would be on both recorders. Right. right. So you got a real EVP. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it exactly. was right there. Yeah. Right there, speaking into that that camera uh, mic. Yeah. It was right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had like I've had things like like at the Am the Amzell house, which has a history of being haunted. We went in there. A girl actually died in the house, so we were talking her, her name, trying to get her to do something. And I had recorders, stationary recorders, two about ten feet apart, and uh, they were saying they asked her to do something like turn on a light or move move something, and this voice said, "No," a real smart ass <laughs> no, like a little girl. And one can't one mic picked it up, but the other one didn't. Ah, okay. So that's you know, I, it kind of reminds me. I was in West Virginia several years ago, and the river there took the town out, and all these beautiful stone homes were gone. But this one rickety old house was sitting up twenty feet in the air, uh-huh. where the river cut through, and they had a swing set in the old tree. It's like an old farmhouse, and they're sitting there untouched. And I went to one of the engineers and said, how in the heck did that happen? He said, nature takes the course of least resistance. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's what this is. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't claim I know it all. I don't know. No one does. Uh, We want want to call this a science, but it really isn't yet. But we're getting there. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, we're getting there. Hopefully we'll get we'll get there. It's all new. It's a new science. If it is a science, it's very new, and we're on the 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 first part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know if we'll ever though. I really don't, Rick. Uh, that that we're ever meant to to know this stuff. So I don't know if we'll ever really capture it. Really to be a hundred percent proof. Yeah, I know. And there's you know, it's hard hard evidence. What what is that? I mean. <laughs> It's all exactly. soft, you know, but it, 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 but it is something. There's right. something there. There's something. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know it, and I know it because we've been doing it so long, and, and we, there's right. so many things we can't explain. Well, it's like, it's like this. You know, life is complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You know, by the news. <laughs> what, what makes you think death is not? True. I guess. Very true. I guess. How do yeah. we know? What do we know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, whether it's real, all people there or people coming in and out, you guys have listened to a lot of VBPs. Do you ever get a little before they, oh, say, yes. they say something? Yeah, sometimes they have that. Sometimes they have the click and the pops and the bangs. And sometimes they don't have that. But a lot of times they have this, you know, tap, like a, yep. and then, the, then it says something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if it's trying to break through or what that is, but. No. It's there. It's there. You know, a lot of my EVPs have have that. That's why I, I mentioned it. 
You know, one of the, the, the greatest uh, recordings I heard uh, was from my old EVP specialist, Karen Marcy, and she had an old analog recorder, uh-huh. uh, and she brought it to the cemetery, and she let it run, and uh, it, it, it ran, and it was, I think it's like uh, about a minute and a half, and, and, it, and it's really weird because it, you, you hear like a almost like a wind there was no wind there but there was like a wind like an uh-huh. opening or something and there's all these little voices that come popping through and it's not right. just one voice there's all these little voices that and they're all just saying different things it's, it was really an awesome recording uh hmm. But, uh, yeah, you don't know. I mean, most EVPs, as we know, are usually just a single phrase or something like that. Right. But I, I think a lot, I know, um, and, you know, I work with Mike Markowitz, and he always thinks of, you know, it as a group, which kind of combined to make one. He calls it, like, the singularity. Oh, that's cool. But you've kind of got, you do, you have those layers of voices. Yeah. And, you Not know, always. Well, but not always, but a lot of times you'll have something, you know, a very high frequency, but you'll have something underneath it that's very, very low, and I can't catch all of them. I just get the stuff that's in the middle. But I've heard that a lot, and you do. You have all these little different voices Mm. at different Mm. frequencies. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing stuff, and uh, I know we're running out of time here. Let me see what we got on the clock here. Yeah, okay, about two. So, uh, Rick, anything you you want to add? Uh, because I, we are running out of time before the break. Oh yes, we're gonna, we just went through a walkthrough at the Colonial Plantation, uh, Pennsylvania Plantation. Oh, cool. uh, they they've had uh, claims of being haunted for years, so we're going to go in there for the first time, and we are going to do a public event there for them in September. So that's the first of maybe I hope uh, to help to help to help them out. So we have a lot of fingers in our pie in our pie right now. We have the new, <laughs> the, new the Newcastle events all the way to October once once a month. We have the Lewis Historical Society. We're helping them out with all five of their their places there, including the awesome. the Cannonball House, which is a very haunted place. We have that going on, and of course we have the Cape May Lewis Ferry in August, and uh, we have the Cape May Lewis in. Uh, November. So, so and, far, and so good. If somebody wanted to find out more information about that, where could they find out? Uh, well, they can find. You can go to to Facebook and Facebook. Facebook is there. They can Facebook me. Uh, of course, I'm running out of friends. I have 4,800 and some right now. So <laughs> I'm running out of space, I think. But the team needs, we always need to, uh, we do most of our stuff on Facebook. We do have a, a web page. I'm eventually going to have to break down, I guess, and unless I find somebody. Maybe somebody's listening to the show and, and feels so, <laughs> sorry for me. And uh, what's the name of your group again, Rick? Oh, it's, it's Delmarva Historic Haunts. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Rick, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, and, and we wish you the best of luck with your endeavors. And, you know, if Ann and I ever get down here, can we drop in on you sometime? You sure can. Uh, you're, you're, you're always welcome in the kingdom of Dell. There you go, my friend. <laughs> Have a great night now. All right, bye-bye. Thanks, yeah, Rick. Bye. Well, it's time to take a break. We'll be right back after the following messages. Uh, right here on Pararex, Ghost Channel, and Jet. Uh, Radio with a cutting edge. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com.
Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togenet.com. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne, and hopefully our guest will be here. <laughs> you know what, Anne? I really miss you because you're the only one who does that for me, you know, comes back in after the beat, so I, I really love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anyways. Uh, <laughs> I miss you too, Ron, even if you can't spell. Shut up. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, I, I do want to mention that, uh, you know, once again, Spur Quest is the weekend of the 27th through the 29th, right here in uh, Groveland, Massachusetts. It's it's going to be awesome. Uh, Jane Darry will be there with her psychic belly and crystal skulls, and uh, Cal Cooper, who wrote the book uh, Phone Calls from the Dead, a parapsychologist from the U.K., and uh, U.K.'s top teen psychic Ross Bartlett will be there, uh, Josh Mantello from uh, Berkshire Paranormal, of course, the Blonde Bombshell will be there as well. And, I will. Uh, yeah. So I mean, there's going to be a, there's a bunch of other ones. Oh, Jeremy Dutchman from uh, Haunted Lighthouses, and uh, I don't know. There's, there's 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 experiments. There's all kinds of other stuff going on. Yeah. Anyways, uh, psychic. So I actually have to announce too that can you believe it? I'm going to do another radio show. You're kidding. Nope. When are you going to squeeze that in? Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Ghost Chronicles original is coming back. Um, I went to WCCM in Lawrence. Uh, that's where we started Ghost Chronicles. Oh, uh, many, 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 many years ago. It's a terrestrial radio station, and I went in to go on the uh, Workday Cafe to talk about uh, Spirit Quest and everything. And if anybody wants information, to go to our website, which is nighostproject.com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. But anyways, uh, so I went in there, and I guess they missed me because they oh. uh, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Wow. So from uh, 11 to 12, every other Monday, I will Ghost Chronicles is returning to its roots on uh, WCCM in Lawrence. Excellent. That's very cool. I guess. <laughs> you guess. <laughs> More work for me to do. You're going to have to start drinking those Red Bulls, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or something. <laughs> something. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so so that's I'm kind of excited about that anyways. That is exciting. And Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, yeah. You know, I, it's it's nice. It's nice to be in a studio. I, I like being in a studio. Then hmm. it's not that I don't like what we're doing now, but uh, yeah. Anyway, but it's different. <laughs> yeah, when you're in yeah. the studio, it's 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 yeah, it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the other thing I do want to mention too is that I also uh, just um, uh, just confirmed that I will be doing a special uh, lecture at. Uh, 
Middlesex Community College in uh, Bedford, Massachusetts, uh, the day, the night before Halloween, I think it is. Oh, so, there you Halloween go. Eve. Yeah, I think it is. So, anyways. My favorite day. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> I should be doing a calendar countdown right now. I'll have to look it up and see how many days. We actually have a countdown calendar on the, uh, uh, what do you call it, on the website for for request. Aha. Right. Yeah, so you can actually go and see how many days are left in time to it and everything not else. too many. Not too no, many. No, no, no. And mm-hmm. I, I, Anyways, uh, I understand Kyle Kyle will be here shortly, so that's good. Uh, Anyways, um, yeah, we got a lot of cool things going on. And Spirit Quest is, of course, is the. Oh, I didn't mean. We did this thing I forgot to talk about. Once a month, I meet have my paranormal study group at uh, Circles of Wisdom in Andover. Mm -hmm. And uh, last night, we we looked into uh physical spirit uh, physical mediumship uh, something that you know goes back to the early roots of uh the spiritualist church and so forth and uh we did a, a victorian uh spirit circle and we also uh attempted some more table tipping which was cool mm-hmm. and it, the coolest thing about it right you know i mean i uh it, it's interesting that um I, how can I say this? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of people don't like the old methods like, you know, uh, right. table tipping, dowsing, right, right. Uh, all that stuff. They think it's all mm-hmm. bunk and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, I mean, we, we, we had the class that night. Um, we had a brand new student come in. It was his first night in the class, never did anything paranormal again. And the uh, Cheryl Kennedy, who was uh, my guest uh, speaker for the night, and she did the table tipping, started to show how to do it. Okay, it started with just, uh, I think it was uh, three people or four people on it. And uh, it kept going towards this kid that just came into class. And uh, so they invited him in. Mm-hmm. And we, they found out that there was it was a male figure. It was the grandfather, oh. that, and he was there for that kid. Nice. So, I mean, get this. It got uh-huh. every answer right except for his middle initial, and that could very easily be screwed up because if you know anything about table dipping, they actually tap out the the stupid initials. So uh. it's an A, so it goes one, two, three, right. no, and so it keeps going. So I mean. It, Depending on how you do it, you could really screw up the letters, right. that, which is a little difficult. But he got everything. He got all, uh, you know, the rank of, of his service, uh, what kind of glasses he wore, uh, what color <laughs> his hair was. Uh, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. That's incredible. That's so. Anyways, it looks like uh, oh, it looks like we have uh, Kyle's not there. I think he's on a potty break or something. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we have the next best thing. We got Mrs. Kyle. We have Deanna. Deanna, are you there? Diana. How do you say that? Dina. Dina, thank you. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Hi, Dina. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Very good, uh, did thanks. Kyle, did Kyle make it or not? Yeah, he's here. He's just, uh, you know, looking for a cookie or something now. <laughs> he's got to get his blood sugar up. Got to feed yeah. the soul. Oh, is that go. the body? I forget which one now. <laughs> yeah, he's look. Yeah, he's looking for some sugar or chocolate or something. <laughs> so, 
so how are you guys doing? Uh, first of all, your, your website is Beyond the Veil Paranormal, right? Yes. Beyond the Veil Paranormal. Beyond the Veil Paranormal. And um, I just basically established that about going on almost four years now. But I've been um, investigating for for quite a while. I've seen ghosts since I was a child. Oh, wow. and And decided, you know, after being... You know, with other groups and stuff, I didn't want to deal with the drama. <laughs> just, just, you know, just to start my own group, and yeah. it's a small group, small group of three, actually four now. Aries, Clay is um, part of Beyond the Veil. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't like big groups. <laughs> it's too much drama. <laughs> this certainly can be. Yes, and uh, we also have um, a Bigfoot group. We we go out looking for Bigfoot. And uh, that's Big Roadie Research. Yep. And I just formed another group. It's all women. BigfootSeekers.com. <laughs> yeah. what? What, what is it? What is it called? Uh, what is it called, Dina? Uh, Bigfoot Seekers. Bigfoot oh, okay. Seekers. All women? All women. All the okay, time. Okay, so what's the purpose of an all-woman group? I mean, does it just turn out that way, or is it, was that your intention all along? Well, basically, women are less threatening than men are, if you think about it. Well, I don't know. I mean, you haven't met Anne? No. That's only if you spell something wrong. She's a bombshell, isn't she? (laughs) Something like that, I'm sure. (laughs) Just don't get on my bad side, right, Ron? Exactly. Right. So, so that that was your purpose. You actually wanted to form an all woman group, and uh, you, you because they were less threatening. And well, uh, we are unless we have a you know a shotgun. Then <laughs> look out. <laughs> we we won't shoot the creature, but we're not afraid of like you know a bear shooting a bear or something that's going to harm us uh-huh. or a man in the world. Well, I mean, if you go look for for Bigfoot, you're looking, you're going into the woods, I assume, because you're not going to find them on the streets of uh, Providence. Uh, oh no! Oh my God, that would be funny. Imagine that. Uh, I've seen some guys <laughs> I thought were Bigfoot, but we really need to fix the environment if Bigfoot is on the streets of the Providence. <laughs> So I mean, you do go into the woods, and and uh, you know, there's so much dangers in the woods, and and it sounds crazy in this, you know, modern day, but it's really true. There are inherent dangers. For instance, right now, of course, is Tripoli uh, and and the mosquitoes and equine uh, cephalitis and all that stuff. I mean, not that not count snakes and all that other normally. Well, you can get that in the city too. I mean, you really can get all them. Um and parasites and everything else, just being in the city. You get bit, mm-hmm. bit by a mosquito, no matter where you are, it could have triple E and, and um, a tick. I had a tick on me the other day, and I'm like, oh, no. And it wasn't a deer tick, but I'm thinking, that's always in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I just went through that. I had to go through the test because I did get bit by a, a deer tick, and I'm really fanatical about ticks, but mm-hmm. uh, this guy little snuck through a little bugger. Uh, anyways, so, so tiny, yeah. Yeah, and I had to go through that all that testing to have it done. So, But yeah. I'm cool, so that's good. That's good. good. 
So, so what? What brought your interest to Bigfoot? I mean, the ghost and Bigfoot is kind of like two different, you know, day and night kind of almost. Well, not really. It isn't. I mean, it's all out of the ordinary. Just like seeing a ghost is out of the ordinary. Just like seeing a Bigfoot, it's it's something you can't really explain. True. You know, you don't know what you saw. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that? Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, have you seen a Bigfoot? I have. I have seen a Bigfoot um, when I was about 17, 18 years old, <laughs> and it just kind of snuck up and stood there. And <laughs> it scared me. It was about um, almost nine feet tall. It was big. It was a big boy, very big boy. Maybe it was Mike Markowitz. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and where did you see this? I saw this actually in northern Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, cruising around with some friends, it was about dusk, and we're on this tiny little road, and it was all wooded, um, it was adjacent to some forest land, um, but we were just sitting there laughing and giggling, having a good time, and, um, we could smell something, <laughs> yeah, we figured it was just, you know, the forest, mm-hmm. and then we all looked at the same time, because you can feel, you know when... You can feel that stare. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You. Oh, yeah. That even, even though I can't see Ann, I can feel her stare, trust me. <laughs> In the back this of your head. <laughs> thing was just standing there, and I'm like, we're all like, I can't even say it, swearing and beep, 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 and, <laughs> and I'm trying to crawl underneath the seat of the car, which, you know, it's it's pretty much impossible to do that. <laughs> but it was wow. big. It was big, but it didn't want to harm us, but mm-hmm. we didn't know what it was. Because mm. back then, I didn't have cable. I didn't know what a Bigfoot was. Right. right. What is that thing? It's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was man. It was man-like. Um, a lot of people say it's ape. Mm-hmm. No. There's nothing ape about this creature. It's more man. Mm. More man-like. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But, I mean, we got to ask the $64 trillion question. <laughs> why don't we have any corpses of these things hanging around? They're so uh, prevalent throughout the world. Well, if you go into the woods and you see a deer die, mm-hmm. that thing's eaten up within days. It's gone. Between the yeah. maggots, bugs, um, the animals, it's gone. I believe that um, Bigfoot actually buries their own dead. Well, that would make sense, I guess, mm-hmm. if, if they are some type of primal. primal uh... I think they're the missing link. They do. They're very intelligent. Right. For, right. for this creature to sneak up on us mm-hmm. and just stand there and watch us, why wouldn't they bury their own dead? That makes sense. That's a good theory. That's, yeah, makes a good thing. And, and when you think about it, because there are so many people now that are hunting for Bigfoot, uh, you wonder why, you know, you know, like, okay, there's got to be somebody we'll see come across, of course, but if they bury it, yeah, it makes sense, it makes perfect sense. And they must they must hide the grave or whatever as well. Well, of course. Um, they don't want to be seen. Um, they will show themselves to certain people. Mm. They're not going to um, put themselves out there for hunters and trigger-happy people. They they show themselves to people that know they're not going to hurt them. 
Okay. So the, <laughs> back on that, uh, how's Kyle doing? Are we uh, going to be Kyle's able to get right him on? here. He's, he's eating his cookie. He's fine. Uh, <laughs> here he is. Here he is. his fingers and get him on the phone. <laughs> I'm going to send you over to Carl Johnson. Thanks, Dina. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Yep. Happy hunting. Hello there. Who do I have? Hey, Kyle. Kyle. Hi, Kyle. How's the weather down there? All right. Well, it's hot, humid, muggy. It's not... As bad as it was this morning, it was the hottest day yet of the summer this morning and into mid-afternoon. And then we got the skies opened up. We got thunder and lightning, and um, now it's just muggy. But tomorrow is supposed to be a little cooler and durable. Yeah, how did God. the Sasquatch, yeah, how did the Bigfoot deal with this? I guess they go in ponds sometimes. Or I, I, I can't get that <laughs> out. I don't know. Why they're nocturnal. Yeah, yeah, that could be it, too. I don't know. What are they, where are they going today? I mean, would they have a Bigfoot cafe or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I could turn some trade. Put them all. Yeah, it's got to be some place where they congregate. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's that's that's the only thing about Bigfoot. I mean, it's cool, and I like cryptoids. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's like, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of sightings too. So I mean, that's what makes it interesting. But it's just like, why can't we have better evidence? I just don't get it. I know it. A cadaver, a body, or a a body, a viable yeah. body sample would go a long way to establishing this creature's uh, authenticity. Now, I'm not saying Dina says good luck. Now, I'm not saying the creature doesn't exist. I believe it does. But I, I refer to the Sasquatch legend as, as a modern myth because all myths were at one time embraced as fact. You know, all the gods true, and goddesses were. They come from very real belief systems uh, in antiquity. And this is a wonderful modern myth because it can't be absolutely proven, but there's enough evidence to get people interested. People like Dina have had sightings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dina hesitated uh, for a while before she knew me, before she uh, shared her account with me. And we were watching a special uh, Monster Quest on History Channel on television, and uh, she said we, it was about Bigfoot. She said, I've seen one of those things. I said, yeah, right. Uh, what? You're serious? <laughs> she said, yes, I have. And she wasn't even sure she wanted to give me the details, so she agreed to take me to this, the place of her sighting in Cumberland, Rhode Island. And, and what's that, Dina? Well, I started crying, and I said, and I'm she's, to tell you. Yeah, she decided to weep, and she wouldn't wouldn't tell me at first. And uh, obviously it was a very real and visceral experience for her. And she had three other witnesses with her at the time. So she brought me to this site, and I asked her to indicate on a nearby tree, which was at the mouth of this woodland watershed path, uh, how tall this thing was. And I'm pretty good at judging heights just based on ceilings. Many ceilings are seven foot six. And I said, no, that's that's about the height of an average ceiling you've got there. That's over <laughs> seven feet tall. I know it is. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so that day it was uh, August 2009. Uh, we traversed the path, started to go up, and Dina thought, so, found what looked like a track, like a, an oversized human footprint. And I said, well, yeah, you know, it does look quite human. And then we found another one in succession and another one. And I said, well, you know, it hasn't rained in a while, and these things are pretty sizable, and they're sharply defined, so I don't think they're just eroded. So that began, <laughs> that was the very beginnings of the Big Roadie Research Project. And we call this local Sasquatch Big Roadie because that is a play on the popular nickname for Rhode Island, Little Roadie. So we call yep, it Big Roadie. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, when the Sasquatch steps over into the boundaries of Rhode Island, he becomes Big Roadie. 
and remain so go. as long as he's here. Okay. I think it's, I think it's an awesome name, too. I actually like that. Thank you. Now, this is you want, what you wanted to talk about is Sasquatch research, right? Yeah, Hopefully that's can, exactly what I was going to talk about. <laughs> good, because we can jump around topics anyway, but it's... It's uh, enthralling to me because this is the type of year we postulate, the time of year where this creature passes down through our region. From the late spring to, uh, to later fall, there seems to be evidence of him, evidence in the form of broken, twisted, slender trees and tracks corresponding to those broken trees and you know, sightings. And uh, then the critter probably goes back up north for, uh, for winter. Why he's here... For whatever time he is here, I don't know. He or so, she. So you think they're migratory then? Migratory then, right? I do think they are. No. I, there are food sources here that uh, might be more plentiful in the summertime mm-hmm. uh, than they would be further up north. But some people have asked me, well, how come in a state the size of Rhode Island you wouldn't find a big creature like this? Well, the creature, it isn't several miles tall. I mean, I think seven to eight feet tall is pretty good. And it seems to be rogue males, just several rogue males that come through, borne out by the, the eyewitness accounts. Um, and this creature wouldn't know he's coming into the smallest state. He would just be drawn by some magnetic pull and perhaps the scent of the ocean. I mean, even we humans all through Rhode Island, there are days where you can smell the ocean. And maybe that brings him down. But for whatever reason, and of course, that's just, you know, theory. Whatever brings him down, he seems to go back up here in the north. Goes back up maybe to New York State, into Canada during mm-hmm. during the winter months. So he winters yeah. in the colder climes. Oh, okay. So I mean, you would think though, Kyle, with all the, the fancy equipment we got, we got the flare imaging cameras, we got IR, we got all this stuff. Now you think we'd be able to pick up more evidence than we have? <clears throat> yeah, and we can give some reasons for that. Of course, admittedly, it's try- like trying to fit an awkward piece of a puzzle into a space and like does it fit this way eh, kind of but not well, let's try try it angling it this way maybe it'll fit um but yeah it's surprising that we haven't found this thing i think it's because it's they're small in numbers uh their their real talent lies in concealment because they wouldn't have survived as, as a species if they didn't and there are probably only several thousand of these specimens in the uh, contiguous United States, and that—that's just I don't. I don't. Dina's saying, "How do you know it?" I don't know. If there, if there are, if there are five thousand, that's that's still a good number of them. But I think most of them would be concentrated out in the Pacific Northwest because right. there are vast stretches of forest and plains in in Canada, and uh, they could it could. Well, I mean, there, there are reports there. of. So I mean, do you think, like for instance, that Sasquatch and the and the Rhodey and uh, you know the Yeti are they all related? Are we talking about the same animal, but like just we have different races? They're different. Yeah, uh, I do races. think they are interconnected. They are related in a sense, but in a, in a far broader sense, we are related to chimpanzees. But I think I think they're closer because what these animals share, and I call them animals in a collective sense, what they share in common is that they, they don't have that grasping uh, extended toe on the foot. You know, for climbing, they have more human-like feet. You know, structured wedge shape to support massive weights, but uh, they're still basically human-like footprints, you know, because they, they have toes that join together and, you know, and touch each other. They don't have that grasping ape-like toe. And all the great apes 
living apart, human beings, homo sapiens. All the great apes, be they chimpanzees, bonobos, orangutans, gorillas, they all have that grasping prehensile toe. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> Sasquatch never does. Yeti or whatever they're called, the skunk ape, they all seem to have that basically oversized human-like print. So they're closer, closer related to us than chimpanzees would be. Hi. By the way, I don't like the chimpanzees anymore. They bite your face off? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's why. They're ripping faces off. They're pulling genitals. They're biting toes off. And you. Just destroying people. And they're so, they're so aggressive without provocation that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which probably supports them being more closely related to, to human beings. <laughs> uh, I'll go with the bonobos any day. The bonobos are, are better. I mean, I wouldn't camp out with one. I wouldn't trust them. But, you know, they're they're okay. They're more gracile. They're you know, slender. They're they're less aggressive. They're more tribal oriented. But and of course, they're closely related to chimpanzees. The genus bonobo used to be called the pygmy chimp. And uh, but th- these are interesting. You can see basic similarities to our own species. But how much closer would a would a Bigfoot be to to a human being? Because they're basically oversized people that are somewhat distorted. I mean, you'd notice them at a bus stop, you know. In some <laughs> oh, I'm sure you maybe, maybe not. Maybe sure. not in some areas in some it, bus yeah, stops in New Jersey yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been at. But uh, so, you know. so do you think Bigfoot? I mean, it, it's always like a seems to be like a lone sighting. It's just a Bigfoot. Like, you know, how do you think that they travel? Are they in in groups, like a family? We just said by bus, didn't he? <laughs> but stop, so they must be waiting there for some transportation. Right. <laughs> uh, public train. Yeah, well, they're, uh, they are, there are family sightings, families of juveniles with, with adults. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and a lot, those are more frequent as, as more people are seeing these things. They, they see juveniles and, oh, excuse me, the, somebody's grasping for the phone. But I think in this region, in southern New England, I think it's the rogue male. She's about to wrest this phone for me. Here she is. You, you know, if you guys get two phones, you can be both on. That's I'm okay right. With that. Hi, guys. Hey, listen. My, one, of my research, one of my new researchers from uh, Bigfoot Seekers called me when she was on horseback, and she was all... She was shaking up so bad, and she was on her cell phone. She was, I just saw Bigfoot. I'm like, what? Who, who is this? Because she called my home phone instead of texting me. <laughs> so I didn't know her number because I, I, my number, her number is on my tag. And she goes, I just saw Bigfoot. And she was crying, and this girl does not cry. Oh. She oh. has never seen a Bigfoot in her life. This girl can ride... Any horse in the world, I mean, she's a very strong woman um, mentally and physically, and she was, like, so upset. So Chris and I, my other um, team member, we flew there pretty much. If I had a plane, that would have been great. But we went there, and we took pictures of these oversized prints. I couldn't cast them because they weren't deep enough. Uh-huh. And she brought me right to the site. I saw, I told her when she was on the horse, I go, go to where exactly you saw him. She's, but, but Godiva's acting up. She had to get a horse under control. Right. All I right. Said, you got to ride. You're a barrel racer. You can ride that horse. Oh, Dina, we heard the uh, bell means the pizza here, so we have to wrap it up. So, uh, oh, okay. pizza. Pizza okay. from the dead is here. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead, continue with your story, but you make it quick. <laughs> 
All right. Anyway, and we went up there and we looked and we took pictures of the Bigfoot print and she wasn't lying. So. Wow. wow. Have a good pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Dina, uh, anything you want to add before uh, we say goodbye to you? Um, I just want to add that it was a great night talking with y'all and Carl Johnson's still here and he'll say goodnight. Okay. okay very good. Thank you. Bigfoot, are they spirits or physical specimens? Maybe elements of both. I think they're animals personally, but in Native American tradition, they're medicine men and spirits, which explains why they seem to disappear and are so good at concealment. There's enough physical evidence to make a good case for them. It just hasn't been proven. Maybe never will be. I don't know. I, I think they will be substantiated eventually. But we'll okay. see. Uh, we do have to run. So uh, w- what's happening with you? Uh, you still at the uh, Slater Mill there? Yep, the ghost tours there will resume in uh, September, and uh, it's interesting because although they're presented as public entertainments, they're authentic paranormal investigations, and we do get results every time. Anything from people seeing apparitions, which is supported by different people at different times, the same apparitions. Uh, People are touched, pushed, we see objects move, hear bangings on the walls, and the spirits tend to like the crowds. And they like, okay, they like so them. I hear the music, and they're going to be cutting us off in a minute. So, Kyle, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank Let's you. Let's do this again. Awesome. Okay, bye, Kyle. Good night now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night, everybody. From ghoulies to ghosties. I sit in my room, looking out at the 